0: and welcome to Windy City Wargaming brought to you by the Chicago Wargaming Community. I'm your host Mike and I'm here with my good friends James. Hi. And Josh. Hey. Today we'll be talking about a topic that is relevant to no matter what game you play, hobbying. That includes painting, basing and building your models that you love to play with with your games. Now, before we get too deep into it, I want to ask you guys,
1: what uh what what's up? What, what have you been painting? I just painted a shitload of bases. <laughs> Basically been Elbows deep into hoplite parts,
0: right for uh, for conquest, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. How's that going? Um,
1: my thumb is really cut up, <laughs> oh. and I want to die.
0: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> now, maybe our, our our viewers, our listeners, aren't quite familiar with the uh, the endeavor you've taken on. So, do you do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been working on?
1: Uh, I've been trying to get the city states army ready for Adepticon. Despite the fact that it was released six days ago. So I've got three weeks.
0: (laughs) And how many models do you have? Ah, like 85. (laughs) Jesus. How about you, Josh? What have you been working on?
2: Well, I was uh, working on building some spires, but I haven't really, like... I really like the list that I played at the tournament, so I'm not sure if I'm going to change it. And... I just got some stuff in the mail today that's probably going to be on my desk in Media Mente. Like, I'm going to prime them after we're done <laughs> with this uh, <laughs> with this podcast. And I have an overnight that's this weekend, and I might just paint the living garbage out of them. So we'll find out. Uh, it's my judgment Kickstarter came. So we'll talk about that more next week, but that's what I'm going to be working on.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I've just been trying to again get get my straggling models that still are unpainted uh ready for Adepticon as well. I'm gonna be uh, just getting all my conquest army up. I have like a unit of war a unit of raptors, and I just gotta get them all based too. But nothing nothing near the uh, the scale that James is working on right now.
2: What are you doing for the basing again? Just the texture paints and some dry brushes. Well, stuff? I have
0: this really cool guy who has a 3D printer is going to be printing up some resin bases for me. Nice. Uh, but currently he's involved in a major project to get everything (laughs) painted for a dead (laughs) Here's a bunch of hoplites. Okay. um, Who's this guy? The
1: FEP screen on his, uh, printer tore. Oh, it it tore? You tore it? It, it, like, yeah, it tore, but, like, for some reason it didn't leak through the tear. I, I don't know how that worked, but... And so in the
0: meantime, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while, while he's dealing with that, um, I'm just going to be, I think, just spray painting them brown and green. Or not spray painting, uh, airbrushing them brown and green just to kind of get the, just so they look decent. And then uh, once I get the resin bases, then I'll do a, do a full-on deal with it.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Now, we just mentioned... In, in that little blurb right there, quite a bit about painting requirements, about Adepticon. Now, Adepticon is uh, what was an amazing, amazing convention, lots of fun, lots of tons of fun. If you haven't been there, highly recommend you go. One major factor of Adepticon is that it is entirely a fully painted convention. Um, and so I'd like to kick off this podcast with uh, a, a discussion that, it can be a little polarizing, right? Sure. I'd like to know, what. how do you guys feel about painting requirements? Let's uh, start with Josh. Well, how, how do you feel about a convention having a painting requirement?
2: I, I think that, that it's a good thing. Uh, I kind of feel like this is like um, a special event where like, you are uh, like you'd wear a suit and tie to except it's not you doing it it's your models that you're going to be playing (laughs) um so that's the kind of the way i see it and i realize that i am not the probably what most people uh i'm not i'm not from the same point of view like i'm so used to having things painted and fully based before i do anything just because of like the community that i was with like with warhammer fantasy um like it was really a like uh, i don't want to say frowned upon but it was definitely like
1: you can speak the truth i'm sure it was frowned upon (laughs) there's a huge element of shame to that culture
2: (laughs) you were highly encouraged to have painted armies uh, and it also is just, it, it was such a cool thing for me. What's, what really drew me in was like the paint jobs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like great minis to me, like they look cool, but nothing looks as cool as a painted model. And so like, I just assume that I'm going to paint all the models that I get. That is wrong, but <laughs> that's the kind of the way I, <laughs> I see it. Um, so I like yeah I, I think it's a a good idea it it's cool to see on the table it brings people in. It's also a lot of damn work for people and there is some skill slash knowledge involved in doing it well and so I'm fully aware that there can be frustration with that too so I can I can see there's both sides but I'm definitely on the on, on, on the the painting requirements are a good side. so
0: now, uh, a quick question so I'm not very worldly known about like I'm not really sure about all the different conventions now is the Adepticon unique in having a painting requirement or is this something that a lot of other conventions have as well
2: so for any of the big games Warhammer fantasy Warhammer 8, I guess Age of Sigmar or 40K now there's almost no tournaments that require that don't require painting oh uh, really
0: so in the Warhammer community it's like it's, Any major convention yes. is exclusively painted?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, Warhammer, uh, I mean, uh, Games Workshop used to have a uh, type of tournament they would run that was called, man, I can't remember what it's called, but, but you could bring whatever, and you were encouraged to bring the most filthy lists, unpainted or painted whatever. <laughs> and uh, okay. I, that really is kind of annoys me that I don't know, but that's the <laughs> only one that they really... Didn't require like painting and stuff like that, but for the majority, um, they do require it. Now that's not like your your local um, your local tournaments or anything like that, but all your big GTs and all your big conventions are going to require painting. Typically, it's like three colors based. Um, some have more. Adepticons a lot, a, lot, uh, a bit more special with the, that kind of stuff because the way that it was started, you know, by like wargamers that really wanted to to make things look really nice and have their own thing. Oh, uh, and it wasn't run by Games Workshop or anything like that, so uh, it's a little bit different with them.
0: So, yeah, that's my thoughts. I right, know. James, I believe you are on the other end of the spectrum here. What what are your thoughts about painting
1: requirements? I think they're absolutely fucking stupid. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I think that the game and the hobby um, are two separate things and that when you want to play the game and play the game, like, you know, according to the rules, right, on the tin or whatever, like, that's one thing. And if you want to paint your models to a certain standard or something like that, you know, that's that's fine. That should be up to you. You paid for the models. You paid your way into the game, right? And so when you're right. enforcing painting requirements, it it acts as, one, a huge barrier to entry into the hobby, right? Like when trying to build up like the Conquest community, um, I tried to get some people who had actually not played miniature games before, and the main thing they said is I'm not going to want to paint these things. I mean, like, the models themselves look cool on their own, but painting is not something I want to do, and I don't think I can keep up with it. And it took a lot of work to sort of dispel this notion that you have to paint your shit to play a game. So, and if I'm going to play a game, I'm going to prioritize having people to play with, rather than something pretty to look at. And then for... You know, painting and requirements in general, um, the enforcement of it, like, makes no fucking sense to me. It doesn't really encourage the hobby. Um, It feels more like it punishes deviation from a very narrow view of the hobby um, because a lot of it turns into, I've got to get this shit painted and i got to paint in a style that goes super fucking fast. And you don't get to enjoy it because your goal is to get it on the tabletop. Otherwise, people aren't going to, like, necessarily frown upon it. But dot, dot, dot. Right. And, yeah. you know, it 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 becomes this whole thing where, like, I can't enjoy what I'm painting because I have to just get it done, right? That ruins a large draw of the hobby to me. I can't play around with colors. I can't explore what I'm doing. I can't really, like, sit back and enjoy it. Or I'm locked into a list that, like, I've had to paint over the course of the year or something. It gives you very little flexibility. And, you know, the other thing is, too, like, why is a fully painted army that looks like, um, you know, a dog ate clown makeup and threw it up over your models. uh <laughs> Acceptable, but like beautifully painted, about half your army is not. Right? Now it's like, what are the goals here? It only enforces just getting it done. It doesn't encourage the actual fucking hobby.
2: Well, I think that's what the 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 painting competitions and stuff for I, I do think that is a barrier at some points but I think it's also an attractor because you have people that are attracted to really cool looking stuff like painted and I I, I totally get what you're saying it is rough
1: if only these companies had art departments <laughs> like, it's not my fucking job to paint models to sell their shit it's mine to get people to play the game
2: Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm just saying that it does bring people into the hobby, too.
1: So. Yeah, but, like, these things are already at, like, the painted requirements are things like Adepticon, right? Like, yeah. people aren't walking around Adepticon being like, wow, I wonder what, like, uh, you know, painted model looks like.
0: It's your little tuxedos, man. I, I, I will say that there are definitely people like that, I mean, when I first started playing War Machine was at Adepticon and... I I'd be lying if I said walking around and seeing, you know, all the uh, all the painted battle engines and gargantuans and stuff didn't help pull me into the game even more.
1: But you were already playing the game.
0: Well, that's true. That's <laughs>
1: like this this is the thing is like the people there are already playing the fucking game. And like it, and and you're exactly right. It's like putting on a suit and tie and going to prom, right? It's all like pomp Man, and circumstance. That's great. And it's 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 not about The game it adds a it adds a marginal aspect to the game for certain players while excluding the entire fucking game for others
0: now what about the argument though that like what josh was saying where this is a single like event like just because you can't necessarily bring an army to adepticon doesn't mean that you can't play the game right if you're playing in your local meta playing unpainted is fine you just can't bring it to this convention. How how do you think that would impact the the hobby?
1: Right. So you just don't get to play in the convention, right? Like a convention where people look at it like, oh, yeah, that's like a tournament. If you win this tournament, like, you know, or do well in this tournament, uh, you know, you get your prestige or your standing. Right. But like now your inclusion in that tournament isn't based on your ability to play the game. Right. Your ranking in it is now immediately like zero. Because you didn't paint, right? Or your list was constrained due to what was painted. And if, even if it is a single tournament that's exclusionary, right? That's still not good. They have armies on parade. Just leave it at that. Let the people who want to play the game play the fucking game. I mean, you can, you can argue all sorts of like kind of toxic behaviors behind. Well, it's just this one event. And, and a lot of it does come from this gray shaming. Like, people who come to play the game just to play the game are shamed because of a culture built around this. And to me, this is like the crowning jewel of that culture, that gray shaming culture. And that makes it hard to get new people into the hobby because they're afraid of that. They're afraid of that judgment.
2: I mean, I think that if you're going to be afraid of having to build and and paint models, though, I think that... You know, maybe this isn't the, the thing for you. There's always games like X-Wing That's where true. things are already yeah. pre-painted. And they have, there's a couple of other type of games that, that do that. And that you can skip that whole part and, and do that. And additionally, uh, if if people are really that worried about it, there's people that do commission painting. Uh, it does add cost, but that is that is an option. And it's putting time and effort just in a different way.
1: So what I basically just heard was paint for my enjoyment of the game, or don't play my game, or have money, or have a shit ton of time.
2: Well, I, no, what I'm saying is that if you don't want to paint, that you do have the option instead of putting the money into the actual painting, you could put money into to doing something else to, to earn the money to pay somebody else to do it. I mean, there's there's ways to get around it, and I think that you know having this event this. Going into it, and, and all these big events, it's just an, an expectation for like I would say ninety percent of any of these big tournaments for any of the other games. And I, I'm from Warhammer 40k and Fantasy, and those like those ones, I'm so used to having them painted. It's it's kind of like ingrained in it. I find painting almost a mini game at this point. Like you've got the list building. You've got your model building and you've got your painting and you've got your playing. And I've got painting is like a mini game for me. So I try to do the most janky tactics to make the army look as good as I can. And I can look at people like you, James, who really like to put time and effort into their models. And I'm just like blown away by the skill that you have. Like the the yellows and blues in your um, Hundred Kingdoms are amazing. I...
1: Don't do that. <laughs> I what, so like why to, am I not welcome to play your game then at Adepticon?
2: You're totally. If welcome I'm putting to play that effort game.
1: into it, why why is my effort not equivalently appreciated as your get it done attitude or uh, your mini game of speed painting?
2: But if you go to a restaurant and you go to a fancy restaurant and you're not wearing pants, they're not going to let you in there either that's just an expectation when you go to a place
1: so not being fully painted but spending a lot of time painting is lowbrow it's not lowbrow i'm just letting my dong out <laughs> <laughs> but you have a really fancy shirt but if you're
0: missing your pants right you're still not going right. to get into the restaurant exactly
2: that's like part of your your outfit looks wonderful but you know you got you got no pantalones man i, I, I get i i totally understand what you're saying and you're saying. That a skill in taking time and actually enjoying the hobby uh, is is something that you're kind of seeing as not being able to force, being able to do because you're forced to have like paint on all the minis that you're playing at that time. Yeah, and I think that's just part of like these big events. That's just kind of what they are.
1: But but why is it part of it? That's just you arbitrarily enforcing it. Like that's it's tradition. Like, this makes no sense to me. It's for your consumption only. Why is what I'm doing for your consumption when the goal for a tournament is to play the game? Your goal
2: for the tournament is to play the game. Some people are there to enjoy the ambiance and really being drawn into the games, the atmosphere, like just having everything look beautiful. Like, I like going to the armies on parade and walking through too, but I always go through every gaming hall there to look at the models that are set up. Like, you've got the display tables and the models are out. People write fluff for their specific armies and have it laid out next to them. Some people have, like, beer, like, kegs, like, designed into their army displays. And they're handing out alcohol and, like, whatever candy else they, they have going on. It's the coolest thing ever to see stuff like that. Uh, and like to, to be able to participate in something like that and just see it, it's just, it blows me away. I like will go through and take tons of pictures all along the tables. It's so cool to see. And when you're playing against a really well painted army, it, it's a totally different game.
1: For, for you, though.
0: like Adepticon is a very different convention than, say, like Warfare Weekend or some other one where one may be more focused on, if I'm understanding Josh correctly, one may be focused more on the competitive aspect of the tournaments, whereas the other one may be more focused on the more view of the kind of armies on parade style, like seeing everyone playing, seeing them all painted up.
1: It's not unique to Adepticon, though, right? Like what Josh said is that damn near every... Like Warhammer, like Age of Sigmar Warhammer 40k tournament is going to be painted requirement or required conquest. Any event over eight people is supposed to be painted required. Right. And to me, that's a terrible fucking way to grow your game. And it's basically like, again, it makes no fucking sense to me because not every tournament I want to go to is something where I feel like I should be painting for somebody else's benefit right? Painting should be for your benefit. You should enjoy looking at your army. If you want to enjoy the view of a cool-looking army and stuff, paint your fucking army. I'm not going to sit there and shame people for, like, having a great-looking army or speed-painting their army or, like, having the slapped-on paint because they have, like, ingrained in their head that, like, anything's better than, like, gray. Right. But, like, let the other person play. It just... It feels like really arbitrary gatekeeping from the game perspective. If you want to show it off... Display it.
2: And uh, this is another aspect the, that when we're on this channel and we're talking about <laughs> this stuff, we are diametrically opposed on a lot of views, but we still can play a game and have fun and we can still talk about the hobby. And I, I, I there's no way that we're going to be like uh, uh, all on one line here. And
0: Right, I don't think we're going to come to a, a conclusive resolve here. But one thing I can say is I think everyone here... We do enjoy painting, right? Uh, Everyone here enjoys the hobby. Not after
1: Adopticon. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's fair.
0: But one thing that I think we should talk about uh, as, uh, you know, is... Part of painting is kind of like this zen, whether you're speed painting, whether you're, you're focusing on a single model, whether you're trying to get the fine details of blending, whatever you're doing, it, it is a bit of like a zen relaxing moment. Uh, maybe not in the weeks leading up to Adepticon, but usually <laughs> it is. And so to that end, I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, a different topic. What type of activities do you do while painting? Like, What do you do to keep, keep the creative juices flowing, right? Like, how do you, What do you listen to when you paint?
2: Well, um, I like to listen to a couple of podcasts. Um, I really like scary stuff, so uh, Old Gods of Appalachia and the Magnus Archive. Magnus Archives is basically like X Files in your ears, and Old Gods of Appalachia are like uh, just like scary ghost story
0: kind of things. Are, are you actually like big into horror? Are you a big like horror buff? You know, I don't like
2: watching the movies but like listening to uh like I do like scary movies but I'm not like someone who likes like slasher movies or anything like that. But um I'm really into like Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, uh I really like the Aliens franchise and stuff. But Old Gods of Appalachia, Magnus Archive, there's a ton of episodes and you can just listen to them forever. They're really great. Um so that that's my uh, my thing there. There are also some youtube channels that do paint and chats which i really like uh like a, War, a wargamer girl and stuff uh they do one every wednesday so
0: did i i hate horror movies like i cannot sit through a horror movie but <laughs> i am like obsessed with the psychology of horror and like um. what makes something frightening versus what doesn't and like i love hearing about how these like Sorry to go off on a tangent here. I just love hearing about how these, you know, uh, directors and you know animators and everybody are able to to elicit this fear emotion, but I can't I can't watch any of it. Even. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, James, how about you? What do you what do you listen to when you
1: paint? Uh, usually just audiobooks or like news programs. Nothing yep. too exciting.
0: What any any good audiobooks you'd recommend to our listeners for if they're looking for something new to listen to while they paint?
1: I just finished the first two ender's game books so like ender's game and speaker for the dead those are really good um oh, yeah. there's a lot of tolkien books on audible which is always nice and uh it kind of gets you in the in the the setting and the mood nice
0: oh yeah yeah like kind of puts you like depending on what you're painting. so when you paint like something more sci-fi do you listen to like more of a sci-fi audiobook and vice versa
1: no it's never planned like that i mean like I think the audio book that I listened to before the Ender's Game shit while painting was um, about uh, the economic impacts of uh, work from home. So uh, it's not necessarily <laughs> intentional what I listen to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing. Personally, I, I love listening to uh, Critical Role while I paint. I'm a big ass nerd like that and i uh, been listening to them since campaign one but it's like uh, any of those live play DD sessions are, are so good to listen to while painting because it's all audio right it's all just narration and you know rolling dice and everything you don't need to see what's actually happening in the video to, to appreciate it so uh, that's my recommendation for that but i think we can all agree nothing really beats an in-person painting session for sure i know back when i was just getting into conquest uh, James, you had a bunch of people over at your house, and we all built. I built my raptors there. We built, and we painted. It was incredible. And, and if, if you're listening to this and you can get together with some friends and just hang out, have some beer, some snacks, and get some painting on, definitely would
1: recommend that. Or just building. I think most of yeah, us we're just, just built Yeah, during that, that session. That's right. And those were with two people who had never played a miniature game before. that's We were teaching them how to build stuff. It's
0: awesome. Other than that though, so one thing is with this big convention crunch occurring, you know whether you uh, agree with painting requirements or not, if you want to play at Adepticon, you do have to have it painted. I want to take another minute here and ask, what are some tips that you guys are using? I know James, you said you did a bunch of basing. What are some tips that you would recommend to help somebody who's listening to this that maybe might be feeling the convention crunch right now? Uh, and let's, let's start with you, James. Uh, when you're basing, what do you do to kind of speed up the process?
1: I don't know what I do to speed it up. I guess more like assembly line. You can think about what sequence is probably going to yield the quickest results and what tools you have on hand. Not everybody's going to have like an airbrush like I used to necessarily go fast, but you could use like surplus makeup brushes, make really good dry brushes, uh, which is a great way to get a lot of good color on your bases uh, relatively like quickly. like really
0: big chunky ones, right?
1: Yeah, and then you can make, you know your own washes I used a little a little ink little matte medium and some distilled water, and basically made null oil, but it cost me like a dollar for like a giant jug of it.
0: What was that recipe again? It was matte medium ink, and what else
1: uh matte medium ink, a uh, little airbrush thinner, I think, and distilled water huh it's mostly distilled water <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, and you know. I think that the ink itself I spent four dollars on the matte medium's like four dollars on its own, but like those things you'd use in addition to that, and like null oil is like I don't know like seven dollars a thing, but just a few drops of that ink, a few drops of that matte medium, and some of that um flow improver then with the just mixing it with the water uh, you have a shit ton of null oil. <laughs>
0: Which is good, because I've definitely, like, spilled half a bottle before, and I was like, no, like, is that, that is not cheap stuff, the the, the Null Oil. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Josh? Uh I mean,
2: I could give uh, a, a, an entire course on this, but um, because of all the stuff <laughs> I've painted, like, I love speed painting, I think the most important thing is to, if you're going to be speed painting, uh, especially for Adepticon, is, is to have a plan, um... You know you're going to need at least three colors, figure out the colors, and then you, you're going to need the colors, and then you're going to need some sort of way to shade them. Uh, make sure the colors look cool together and uh, find your shade, whether you're going to be using gnome Oil or oils or um, enamels or whatever you're going to do to shade those. Uh, and just find the simplest thing that you can do that, that looks great, um, and, and it will make your stress level go down a little bit. Uh, as uh you just kind of go through, like uh James had said, kind of like assembly line, I know it's not fun and it's not creative for some people, but um i th- I think that the the creative part is is the planning part as well, so,
1: yeah, and a quick note on that the three color minimum has actually been getting phased out over the past two or three years. it has it has, um, oh, really? and so now the requirement is anything that looks like it should be a distinct color should be a distinct color where we can assess a reasonable effort that you know you've painted
0: now why why are they getting away from that three color minimum
1: because there was one time where people would take like three different colors and just put a stripe on the model and be like ta-da i've made your painting painted requirement <laughs> um that was me yeah um and then, <laughs> and then people would start just dry brushing random colors on and being like look it's like a spooky ghost or something like that and if you do it with an airbrush it's okay but if you do it with a dry brush it's not um usually for those assessments so again it becomes very arbitrary as to what's considered fully painted
2: yeah i think now they actually have, have have that and they'd like to see some Some sort of shading as well on top of that, so it can't just be stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so you can't just block in colors.
2: Yeah, which is, I mean, it's very simple to just dunk a model in something. You can use everything from min wax, oil stain all the way through, you know, known oil. There's, like, there's a gamut of stuff that you can use, so.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, I personally have been in love with uh, the Slap Chop method. You know, I've been doing that on all of my Conquest models, and I've been using a lot of the the Citadel contrast paints. Like, I just love how it easily it goes on. And, and with that shading thing you're talking about, like, if you just do, you know, private black, and then you do a little zenithal white highlight on the top with either like a rattle can or an airbrush, and then you just, rather, you're blocking in, you're just blocking in those contrast colors. And it all of a sudden, like, shades right for you, yeah. is that highlighting, kind it comes yep. through.
2: It looks great. I hate the name, but yes. <laughs> slap Chop? You don't like Slap I, Chop? No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's
2: fair. Yeah. I think N-Grease N or something is the, the way that they, the actual what, name for N it. N-Grease? Yeah. It's, it,
1: yeah, it's, it's value shading, basically yeah this oh. is like the, the other it's the term for it but yeah it's like yeah. a 15th century method yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> james you you don't use contrast paints though right or you use um army painters version of the, the speed paints right sometimes how, how are those working out for you
1: i like them for what they do and yeah i do the the zenithal prime because i've got all the the fun little tools like airbrushes and stuff like that but yeah i I i really like that over the over the zenithal prime the army painter speed paints i like a little bit more actually because of one of the things that people tend to complain about it they reactivate when you put paint on top of it which makes it easier to blend your highlights in if you go in and want to increase the highlights or even the the shadows, it makes it easier to blend it all together.
0: Oh well, yeah. Well, I, as Josh mentioned, I think we could be talking about painting and hobbying and speed painting till our you know faces turn blue, but I I do think that we should probably cut the podcast here really quickly though. A few things. Uh, our next episode is uh, as Josh alluded to at the beginning of the podcast is going to be all about. Judgment, right? With the new Judgment Kickstarter coming in, uh, we're going to be excited to talk about the new math, the new uh, scenarios, the new uh, models and everything coming out with that. It's going to be really exciting. So tune in for that. Really quick, uh, Josh, would you like to plug anything?
2: Yeah. So I literally just put up a an, an unboxing for the Kickstarter on Cool Guys Nation uh, at YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, You can check us out there. We do a bunch of stuff. You'll see all of us on that channel. And then we've also got other stuff going on. What else we got, guys?
1: Uh, Yeah. Starting off the Windy City Wargaming YouTube channel. Woo! Mm -hmm. Yeah! And then trying to record my journey in painting up the the city-states right now. But then hopefully have some battle reports, unboxing, stuff like that. Nice.
0: And then also, I don't, I don't want anybody to forget, so we're, we're going to be uh, pushing this out hopefully uh, pretty early in March. But on March 21st, uh, if you're local to Chicago, there's going to be uh, a little meetup for Conquest players at Another Realm Games, and there's going to be a few special guests there. Uh, James, you want to talk about uh, what's going on at Another Realm Games?
1: Yeah, so on March 21st, starting at 5 o'clock and I think wrapping up around 930 we are going to be hosting the official Parabellum pre-Adepticon party. Woo! And Woo-woo. so it should be a really good time. We plan on having Daryl and Savros and Giannis, as well as like the lead artist for Parabellum. And we're going to have some gaming tables open as well as a hobby area for those last minute things you're trying to get assembled and painted for Adepticon. You can hang out. There's going to be some games, prizes, and think some free food and drink
0: awesome, awesome.
1: all courtesy awesome. Of, uh, of Parabellum that's
0: great and plus I mean it's going to be at another own games and we, we sung their praises before but we can't say enough about how great they are it's just such a great local game store we're lucky to have uh, such an awesome shop to kind of host us there so that's, that's yeah, really it's cool. awesome all right well guys uh, thank you again so much for listening make sure you tune in next time to check out our judgment Kickstarter and uh, we'll catch you next time see y'all Intro and outro music is Kevin McLeod's Cold Funk.